I'll hit the record button. There you go. Yeah, we're 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 on we're on now. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait. So uh This is the Universe, episode 15, Gravitational Slingshotting, on Thursday, August 23rd, 2012. And now I really don't know how that works. Oh, and now actually with Samuel Eberts. Since we were recording before, I was just talking about comments on my blog. And so then I decided to spontaneously go to Google and type in the word comments, expecting something to happen. What am I thinking? Then I said that that would be great, because I would gladly sacrifice my personal privacy for more convenient Google searches. No, I I like my privacy (laughs) to be very visible. As long as, like, it wasn't easy for others to search through. Yeah. So... Now, I was going to Google comments, but what am I really supposed to be Googling? Your uh, comments. Well, I mean, but they're in my spam. So, so yeah, I, I, I just uh, went to my blog to see if anybody's been looking at it. I haven't published anything for, for a couple of weeks. Um, but I, I went to see if anybody's been looking at it, and I noticed that there are 13 comments in my spam box. Are they real? I, I, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, some of them are spam, but a lot of them are aren't like like the so the 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 bottom one on august 9th says you could definitely see your enthusiasm your enthusiasm in the work you write the world hopes for even more passionate writers such as you who aren't afraid to say how they believe oh that's spam go after i mean so what what are they trying to do well so do they have a link uh does their name go back to a link somewhere um daily motion brighton blinds yeah it's probably so essentially we I mean, ha- it's got it's got somebody's email. Yeah. Well, it's probably fake. I mean, I get that kind of thing all the time. And essentially what happens is they're just trying to get their um their their link exposed to um Google and so they just post random crap on random blogs. Interesting. So all of these things with like websites, but see like some of them are uh Okay. Yeah, that that happens all the time. Weird. Well, oh, yeah. So one of them is uh, a Selvia shopping website. You know what Selvia is? No. Like a synthetic marijuana? Oh, okay. No, I, I wouldn't know that, just so you know. Yeah, I mean, I... I what, then what, what is this a, um, tabletop thing you were tweeting about earlier today? Oh, yes. Yeah. So uh, today, I... Well, so while uh, Gen Con was going on, I subscribed to Will Wheaton's Twitter feed. Well, you've got uh, to describe what Gen Con now is to all our listeners. Oh, okay. So Gen Con is like the pr- premier convention for all sorts of tabletop gaming, from uh, role-playing games to miniatures games to everything like that. And so I was following the, the news for that um, to keep up with the, the latest on Dungeons & Dragons mostly, uh, because I'm a nerd like that. And so I was expecting our... I, I, so I thought that the celebrity game every year they do a celebrity game with like Will Wheaton and uh, Scott Kurtz and uh, a couple other guys, um, and it's really funny. And Chris Perkins is the DM and he's great. And it turns out that's actually at PAX, so I have to wait a couple more days to, to see that. Yeah, PAX is coming up really soon. Yeah, which I'm also excited for. Um, but then, so I was like following Will Wheaton's Twitter feed, and he kept ha- doing hashtag tabletop. So it turns out I went to Tabletop after somebody tweeted about Will Wheaton and Felicia Day, but I also just ah. saw I saw her uh, Guild Wars 2 unboxing video, yeah. and I thought it was funny. So I saw I saw her name in Will Wheaton's, and so I Googled Tabletop, 
and it brought me to uh, geekandsundry.com where they host a number of hmm. like uh, video podcast type things. Yeah. Um, there's the Guild, which I I've heard of before. I've never seen it. They also uh, have uh, Sword and Laser, which is a show one of the Twit people does. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then Tabletop is a newer one, it looks like. It's only like 11 episodes. Uh, where So like the universe. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like the universe. <laughs> but I think it's a lot more views than I do. Right. We do. Um, so Will Wheaton just uh, invites some, some of his friends and plays Tabletop games uh, in front of the camera, and they make jokes and explain how the game works and stuff. So it's pretty funny. Uh, the, the latest one they did was uh, Elder Signs or something. It's a, it's a Lovecraft mythos-based game where you have, like, sanity and stuff and a, a mystery adventure dice-based. I don't know. It, was, it looked pretty fun. I wonder how but much I, work like, goes into editing that. So I'm watching it, and that's... It really is just four I people just, playing a game. Good, yeah, but I mean, like, there's good production value in. in well, right, but can you imagine how much work it is to edit that? Uh, they hire somebody. Yeah, that means somebody gets paid for it. Well, I so it looks good. I know it looks great, and that's a lot of work. Just so you know, we're not doing that. Yes. Okay. Well, anyways, I just thought it was cool, and I I'm I was surprised that I hadn't discovered it before. So. Yeah, Geek and Sundries came out. Um, I think earlier this year, it, it's um, it's pretty new uh, mm-hmm. overall, like the the network is, and it's right. it's a great network. Uh, it's based off of um, YouTube, like it, I mean, they have their own website and stuff, but all of the content That's is um, like a like kind of like YouTube partnership kind of thing. Right. So yeah, and so I watched an episode of Vlog, which is Felicia Day's video log, and like her and Morgan Webb went and learned archery or something, wearing elf ears. Kind of funny. I don't know. I, I can't like believe up. Morgan Webb still does things. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't watched. What What did she used to do on G Four? Yeah, like, she uh, used to do X Play. That was X Play. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember if it's X Play or Attack of the Show. Oh no, no, nobody does Attack of the Show. That thing's just a travesty. <laughs> well, yeah. So, anyways, that was uh, that's what I was tweeting about. Um. Oh, but we have a we have a show. Are we doing a show? Yeah, this is the show. Are we gonna are we gonna do like an like an intro or well, that was the intro seven minute intro actually eight oh. minute intro cool well uh well anyways welcome back to the universe uh I know from I, our from our eleven a week hiatus right well uh we got an episode in there a I couple know. episodes I, once I returned from vacation uh had some personal stuff yeah. uh, in the past couple weeks going on so I didn't get around to doing this and then uh, ended up being behind a lot of other things too this sadly fell behind. Well, and then you know what happens in the next two weeks? School. Yeah, that. That is just not, not not good. Speaking of which, I uh, populated my Google Calendar today. Oh, that's excellent. I will be syncing with you later. Yes. I think we're in, like, at least two of the ten classes. Yeah, we're in a bunch of them, that's, which is good, because I'm going to make you do all the work. Oh, uh, funny. Yeah, right, isn't it? <laughs> um, but anyways, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, I hope hopefully we'll, we'll definitely get an episode this week and next weekend. Um, we're doing, we're recording tonight on, uh, on Thursday night, or this, we're recording this episode on Thursday night because we have something else going on at the Nexus Labs, or the Nexus, I guess. It's, uh, isn't that the, that naming convention just very confusing? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, well, so anyways, we have something else going on this weekend, which is, uh, the pre, pre-launch, pre-release. It's the three-day uh, head start. That's what head the start. That's technical the name is. For, uh, Guild Wars 2. Which we are all very excited for. 
Um, I am, anyway. Yeah, I, oh, de- oh, definitely. So I sound very fun. convincing. <laughs> right. Uh, so that should be fun. Uh, so we're, I think we're just going to do a short short show. Um, and uh, to start with, uh, a little bit, I guess, about what I've been doing and what Ryan has been helping me do because I'm not very good at things. And by helping, uh, I mean saying, yeah, I really don't know how that works. <laughs> that too. Uh, so if, if any of you have been reading my blog lately, I which I will be continuing as well now that I'm somewhat back on top, uh, the past two posts have involved uh, some some coding projects I've been working on, which I decided I want to host on GitHub. And so I've been working on getting the uh, Eclipse plugin, uh, eGit, which allows you to sync Git repositories through um, Eclipse. Uh, and I ended up sort of using that, but also having to download the actual GitHub client. Um, which made everything build. so much easier. Oh, it made it so easy. I wish I would just thought of that in the first place. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, I was trying, I was trying to like be able to manage everything, I guess, through Eclipse, but that doesn't work because that's not no. how it's set up. No, not at all. So, anyways, yeah, got got that working. Uh, so now my my two GitHub projects are are hosted. Um, hopefully, I'll I will con- start doing some work on those soon. Uh, yeah. Well, know. and then in the meantime. I've also been working on GitHub myself, and so I've put, I've been, I've been using Git locally for many months now, but I've also just put up my blog and the Nexus, um, systems up on GitHub, so people can go and laugh at my code for those. Yes. Yeah. I also put up the, the soundboard, or, oh, yes. well, I put up, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the base part of the soundboard. Uh, you can see the code there, and you can make a fork of it if you really are desperate. But um, it's not ready for consumption yet. But we're getting there. Yes, we are getting there. We need. Uh, I think we need a couple more things. Things to put in it as well. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll get there eventually. Uh, so yeah, check out Ryan's things on GitHub because there's stuff there. There's nothing in mine. Um, and let's see, a couple of, oh, some other uh, big stuff that's been happening recently is, uh, the Curiosity Rover, which of course we did a special on and have mentioned in the last episode of the universe, uh, has been testing out all its different apparatuses on the Martian surface near Mount Sharp and, uh, has been making sure all systems are operational. And actually I think, uh, a couple days ago took, uh, its first Steps, or rather, its first roll around the Martian first surface. Roll. First roll. Uh, so the before that, uh, they were checking the main masthead and all the different pieces of equipment, um, and actually drove for the first time. So that that was a big deal. Uh, I think 4.5 meters or something, and then turn something like that. So that's a big deal. I think it will start venturing away from the landing zone uh, pretty soon. There's also been a lot of excellent uh, photographs and video. That have come out. Um, there was, a, I think, a, a cool photo taken by uh, the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter. Maybe no, that doesn't sound right. Uh, maybe it was high rise. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, of the both the heat shield where the heat shield landed, and also where the uh, sky crane landed. Oh yeah. Uh, those those two different sort of crash landing sites, I guess, because they didn't really land. Um, so that that's been pretty cool. Uh, and also some good high-res images of the Martian surface, which is 
quite quite cool, cool to look at. Um, and speaking of space, I suppose that can segue right on into uh, an excellent contribution that we had to our discussion topics for the show from Matt, uh, co-host of At the Nexus, which is some some news about some more news about Mars. Uh, but this time, it's not the U.S. doing exploration. Uh, the Prime Minister Manmohan Singh, I'm probably mispronouncing that. But sounds uh, good. Announced India's first Mars mission, uh, which is a big deal because the, well, there have only been five countries, I think, previously to launch, uh, missions to the, to Mars. Uh, yeah, so U.S., Russia, Europe, Japan, and China. Mm-hmm. But China and Japan, did not complete their mission successfully. They were um, abandoned en route to Mars. Well, that's and so if good. India... No wonder I hadn't only, heard about them. Right. So if India undertakes this project and is successful, uh, it will be a very big deal. Yeah, definitely. Um, so so that's a... I mean, that's reassuring, I guess, um, that... So when are they um, some other planning on are, actually launching this? Uh, this, this mission? Mm-hmm. Um, I am... Not sure. Probably. Oh, it says next year. So I'm guessing that means 2013. Right. Well, so the I they they might not launch it next year. The that would be a, a launch period because there are only certain times right. that we can launch the Mars. Um, due to gravitational slingshotting and all these other different trajectory paths that they have to deal with. Um, and so 2013 is one of the windows. Uh, and I think the next ones are years after that, so 2016 and 2018. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's good. Good, it's a good thing to have other countries participating. Um, well, so the more and, the more um, the more exposure we get from ours, the sooner we can actually get people out there. Yeah, so, and that's, well, yeah, that, that's what we want. That that brings me right into uh, another excellent space exploration thing, which is. Uh, a letter that was written uh, in 1970 by the NASA Associate Director of Science, uh, Dr. Ernst Stuhlinger, um, in response to a letter from a nun in Zambia who was questioning the wisdom, I guess, of spending so much money on space exploration when she was right in the middle of all these uh, starving children and such. And so... This letter uh, sort of embodies all the things that I know about the sort of the inspiration that space exploration provides. And uh, it's very well written, very good thing to read, and uh, talks about some collaboration between uh, the United States and Russia during the Apollo missions uh, and how international collaboration and international competition, friendly competition anyways, is a much more... Uh, beneficial way to advance global technology than, say, war, which has generally been the stimulus in the past. Uh, so I think that's that's good that India is not going to war. Instead, they are going to space. Right. Exactly. Not that I mean, like they're we're going to war, but no. This- Even though we always are. So I read this um, this letter um, maybe about a month ago, um, and I, I just thought it was really good because people always bring something like this up, like. Well, you know, sure, we could fund NASA, but then, you know, we could just instead use it to help poor people here or help poor people somewhere else or use that money for something. 
and the 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 things that um, Sterlinger says writes in the letter, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Right, doesn't make a lot of sense, and uh, he writes them very well. And so instead of spouting off all the things that he lists, I recommend, I highly recommend that you just go and read it. Yeah, uh, because yeah, it sounds better when somebody that knows what they're talking about says it than me. Uh, and also, on that note, there was a recent interview of one of my favorite people, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, back at the end of July, I think, um, on the future of U.S. space exploration. Uh, he had some very insightful things to say, also along these lines of why explore space and the benefits um and sort of rebuttals to the common arguments of, oh, we don't, we need um, to spend our money down here and crap like that. Right. Um, so I, I recommend also highly that you go and read his answers instead of me telling you the same thing and just not having the same effect because I don't know what I'm talking about. So one of the bold questions in the in this article is, when curiosity touches down, will that be enough to inspire young people to go to, into STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, and to get the American people behind a manned mission to Mars? So that's one of the bold questions in that article. And yes, and the answer is yes. I mean, the short answer is yes. Oh, okay. I mean, and... Well, he does say whether that's enough to get human... Direct, well, I'll just directly quote him. Anything NASA does in space that has never been done before drums up interest in science. Right. So, technically, the answer is yes. Well, yeah. To the first part of the question. Yeah. Second part of the question, to get the American people behind a manned mission to Mars, probably not. No, I don't think so. Um, but really, well, I don't know. I also like the next question. Are the barriers to sending humans to Mars political? And it's like, no, no, it's not at all. I think it's sort of political. I think it's the political mindset of the American people, not necessarily some political blockade set up by one party or another. Right. A political mindset as in this is not something that we as a nation should be spending our time and money on. I guess I don't know if that counts as politics. I don't know. If yeah, that that's why I didn't think it was. Um, but um, yeah, so I guess. Maybe not. But yeah, we could, we could have a long discussion about this, but really since we probably both think Mostly the same thing. Pretty much. It would be very fun because we wouldn't argue. So, if you're listening, go read about it. Yeah, it's very good. Um, let's see. That's from Time. Yes. Uh, I think we have a couple book plugs to mention. Um, the first of which is a book called The Rapture of the Nerds, which I have not read, but sounds very good. Uh, it's a... Sort of a dystopian future type thing, semi-dystopian, uh, science fiction book. Um, sounds interesting. Sounds interesting. Uh, it also made it onto IO9's list of the fall must-read science fiction and fantasy, along with a bunch of other things that don't sound as good. But this is, I think, one of the better ones on the on the list. So, along with uh, another book that I have not read, but is coming out in uh where to go? Is oh, that the uh, Neil Stephenson? No, this is the uh, the Hanu Rajan Rajaniemi. I don't know how to say his last name. I don't even know how to say his first name. Um, but it's the sequel to the Quantum Thief, which yeah. I've mentioned on the show before, mm-hmm. and I praise too. So it's called the Fractal Prince. Uh, comes out in late November. 
November 27th. Yes. So, so anyways. So it's a long time away, but should get it anyway. Yeah, I'm excited for that as well. Um, and I think there's a couple other ones. Uh, we have, uh, well, oh, yes, the Neil Stevenson one, Summer Marks. Uh, I can't remember what it's about, but I definitely bookmarked it for a reason. So, uh, <laughs> reading this short Amazon description, sounds like, uh, it's sort of a coverall, uh, editorial book, essentially, on lots of, uh, modern sort of uh, buzzword topics, I guess. I don't know. At, at least among the tech-minded or community. I don't know. It's something like that. He talks about uh, the internet, religion, metaphysics, uh, technology, freedom, commerce in the Chinese, Star Wars, and other fun things. So, check that out. And the last one is something that I heard about recently um it's not a, a, the book is not about anything recent but i i uh heard about the book recently while doing some reading on uh dyson well I, what let's see it started out reading about like kardashev scale which we've talked about on the show before many times and the dyson sphere and eventually getting freeman dyson who obviously the uh, namesake of the dyson sphere is a was a, a physicist um who Apparently, what I, I just learned through the mention of this book was uh, involved in a project, an, an, a since-abandoned project, uh, to develop an atomic spaceship, which would essentially be a hunk of metal with people inside shot into space by the detonation, by the like sequential detonation of multiple hydrogen bombs, which sounds awesome. <laughs> I think it sounds awesome. So this is a book written by Freeman Dyson's son, George Dyson. Uh, who obviously has some cool insights uh, into it, seeing as how his father was one of the minds behind the project. So kind of a cool window into some of the crazy ideas that uh, took root during the space race uh, and sort of the the mood of that era with all the the very future-minded mood of that era, I guess. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to read that as soon as I have any money. I will buy it. It seems like this book is slightly old. It's not really a new book. Um, no, it's not. It's uh, it's published in 2002. Why does it seem like I can't actually get a copy from Amazon? Well, because it's probably not in print anymore. I okay. mean, you can get a copy from Amazon. Yeah, for $59. Right. Well, it's a... I don't know. Okay, I'm just saying. Yes. Well, anyways, and uh, also down underneath this book, there is uh, a list of things that customers who bought this item also bought, uh, and there's uh, some interesting-sounding books from both George Dyson and Freeman Dyson. Uh, Turing's Cathedral, which... Yeah, that one looks good. Sounds good. Um, I assume that's about Alan Turing and good, computer. Good, good choice. I, I mean, good guess. Uh, and then there's Disturbing the Universe by Freeman Dyson, so I don't even know what that's about, but by a cool physicist, so it probably is about something cool and science-related. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's uh, those are all the books. That so I actually have one book, too. Um, uh, so I think it was sometime last summer I read 
the first book of the series called Leviathan Wakes. And so it's part of the Expanse series. So this summer, it actually came out in um, June, but uh, of course I do audiobooks. I don't actually, I can't hold books anymore. My hands are too old. Um, but I can still hear, so that's good. Um, so I've been waiting for the audiobook to come out, and it came out this month, um, just a few days ago, actually. So uh, this is Caliban's War, and it's it's going to be pretty good. So i probably listen to it this weekend if I have time. While you're playing Guild Wars? Yeah. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I'll have to I'll check that out. I've been looking for some good science fiction lately. I um, suppose as long as we're mentioning books, I should mention that one of the cool things that they were talking about at Gen Con is this new event in the Forgotten Realms setting, which is uh, a thing dreamt up by Ed Greenwood when he was a kid and has since turned into one of the biggest uh, shared fantasy settings in the world. The, uh, probably the biggest. Um, and one of the, the latest realm-spanning event is called The Sundering, and there's a bunch of new books coming out uh, next year, uh, starting in August or something, uh, which is a ways away, but they all sound awesome. And uh, just to plug those, that sounds cool. So Definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, I think we've got some other things we want to talk about, one of which is from Ted, which I sadly have not been reading a whole reading. Well, since that is for videos, I, I wouldn't be reading it. Um, I've not been watching much on Ted lately, which is too bad. I'll have to start doing that again. Um, so, I don't know, Ryan, did you find this video? Yeah, so I did find this video. I have no idea where I found it from. Presumably somewhere on Twitter. Um, right. But, I mean, just the thought, like, everybody knows that video is usually taken at 30 frames per second, and everybody knows that, like, when you watch the Discovery Channel and you see those super high-resolution, time-wise videos of, like, an apple exploding or a bullet passing through something or, you know, a water drop falling. Well, I mean, you everybody's seen those videos, but most, I'm pretty sure nobody's seen light going through an object before, and that's, it's really weird to see light going through an object. Yes, it's very weird to see light going through an object. But Ryan's explanation doesn't quite do it justice because you're not just seeing light go through an object. Everybody's seen you shine like a flashlight through your hand and you can see it come out the other side. But have you seen you shine a flashlight for like one trillionth of a second through your hand? And then you can watch the light wave front essentially spread through your hand and reflect on the interior of your flesh and everything. No, I can't say I have done that. That's not in this video. But similar things are. Uh, they do essentially the same thing with a Coke bottle, where a pulse of light enters the, the rear of a Coke bottle filled with water, and you can see the light reflect, refract through the water and travel almost as a bullet. And it's, it's amazing. I've never seen anything like that before. And some of the future applications that this guy talks about um, are also amazing. Uh, Remesh Raskar, I think is his name. I don't probably mispronouncing that once again. Um, that sounds about right. Yeah. So MIT professor, smart guy. And also, it turns out, a very good presenter. I was very impressed. Yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes on TED, you get presentations that are not as well done. Very interesting subject, but sometimes the presenters aren't, aren't great. But he is very, very good, and it's a very enjoyable thing to watch. So in, in, somewhere in the video, they start talking about peering around corners and using like using light bouncing off walls to see around corners. Yeah. And um, I remember seeing that video as, a te- as, a, as a, its own separate TED presentation a few months ago also. Um, so I think this, this um, you know, femto photography work is actually part of that same project, um, which is pretty interesting too. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's where he says that in the video. This right. is 
but I didn't know that there was more to the project when I saw the video originally. Um, oh, because yeah. I had only seen that around the corner part aspect. Right. And I mean, that's amazing. All the applications he talks about are essentially the future, but they all sound, I mean, they're all just amazing. Uh, the, hmm. one of them is uh, like medical imaging where you can use this femto photography to watch how light travels through like human matter, flesh or whatever, and, or like use it as an endoscope, uh, or a colonoscope, whatever the other end is called. Um, both of those things. Did you One see the part point. of the video where he's explaining the wave pattern in the bottle of Coke? Like, So the part of the video that I thought was really cool, I think you're talking about this, is where the uh, the re- refracted... Yeah. The transmitted wave pattern, there, the transmitted like diffraction pattern or whatever from the Coke bottle, the wave fronts are traveling the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. The explanation he gives... Blows my mind. I know. It any sense. I know. I had to I listen mean, to it a few times too. Still not understand it. I think. Uh, can can we like uh, pause the recording here so I can listen to this again? So, so while you listen to it again, I will um, play it for the listeners. Oh, okay, that works. Science became art, an art of ultra fast photography, and I realized that this all the gigabytes of data that we're collecting every time is not just for scientific imaging but we can also do a new form of computational photography with time-lapse and color coding. And when you look at those ripples, remember, the time between each of those ripples is only a few trillionth of a second. But there's also something funny going on here. When you look at the ripples under the cap, the ripples are moving away from us. The ripples should be moving towards us. What's going on here? It turns out, because we're recording nearly at the speed of light, we have strange effects, and Einstein would have loved to see this picture. The order at which events take place in the world appear in the camera with sometimes reversed order. So by applying the corresponding space and time warp, we can correct for this distortion. So whether it's for photography around corners or creating next generation of health imaging. So uh, just just watch that again. And uh, so he says... Uh, there's a, a photo of the sort of a composite image of the different light wave fronts at different times, each about a fem- few femtoseconds apart. And in one of the, or in the original composite image, the source of the wave fronts appears to be going away from the viewer when physic, by a physical understanding and also just when you would think about it, right. it's emanating from the light bottle, sort of a diffract, a, a refracted beam of light comes down and hits the table and then the diffraction pattern spreads out or whatever, the wavefront pattern spreads out from that center point. And then, so he talks about some space-time warp correction and then shows you the corrected image, which looks far more natural. I don't know what the hell he's talking about, but... Well, he didn't really say what that meant. He just said, well, correcting for this. Right. Yeah. But it's really cool. I don't know what that means, but it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it... So that was the the more interesting part of the video for me at least um because that's just you don't normally you don't see strange effects so right well but i mean i don't know the whole the whole thing was cool i've never i've never seen anything like that before no Nobody's definitely never seen anything like that before no um and the tomato one was pretty cool too mhm yeah so that that was 
good find. It was very cool. Um, oh, and then uh, there's a, a nice little video that uh, Science at NASA did about the meteor shower that happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Perseid meteor shower peak hours was a couple weeks ago. We sadly did not get to see it here in the cities because there were clouds everywhere. Everywhere um, for like a week yeah. continuously. Yeah. Over all of Minnesota, essentially. Uh, so it kind of sucked. Missed that. Um, but, well, next year. Yeah. Cool video, though. I put there. So last Ooh. week on um, At The Nexus, we um, Matt reviewed an app that he got expecting to see the meteor shower. And it was a meteor counting app from NASA, um, I think. And essentially, it, it you, you kind of count the... Um, you know, you count the meteors you see, you tell it, you, it uses GPS to tell it where you're seeing them from, and that data gets sent to NASA, and that helps them determine stuff. So that was, it was a kind of a cool app. Mm-hmm. And so I think I have a link to that, to a, a video of that in the show notes. Yeah, and uh, why did I get just get nine views in the past hour? From what? Or, On my blog? Um, have you viewed my blog nine times? No, I don't think so. One is from Russia. I've, I've viewed it once. Eight are from the U.S. Weird. Yeah, I have nine views today. Two Twitter links. Wait, what? Somebody clicked on Will Wheaton's... Oh, because there's a Twitter feed on my blog. Oh, I clicked Somebody on that one. Clicked on Will Wheaton. That was you. Okay, I was wondering. I figured that was you, probably. Yeah, that... I don't know where... How do, there should be a better uh, like statistics thing for WordPress. Well, the WordPress thing you're using is, of course, the the one that's hosted by WordPress, and right. the one you're using is for basic use. Uh, if you want better stuff, you have to you know go on your own hosting and use Google Analytics. That'll be much better. Yeah, I'll do that. Hopefully this school year. Sure, you will. No, I will. I just I just have to once I get some money. One of the first things on the top of my list to get is uh, my domain. Yeah, definitely. But I think that uh, about covers it for our short episode of the day. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Where can we uh, find you on the internet, I mean, aside from your blog? Uh, well, on my blog and my Twitter, which we mentioned, and uh, Google Plus on the Nexus. Uh, yeah, pretty much everywhere. And now GitHub. And Oh, yes, and now GitHub. Uh, yeah. So. And, of course, uh, this is the universe. This is the show where we talk about occasional stuff like science news or space news or you know stuff like that but we also talk about geeky stuff kind of like um gen con and um, geek and sundries yes and of course i am ryan rapperson you can find me just about anywhere especially on the twitter ryan amar yeah i think that's about it yep sounds good okay have a good one